Good morning here from the UK. It's Sunday. It's actually a sunny day today, which is always nice for winter. It's got a bit of character to it. It's not just a miserable, cloudy, rainy day, which is typical of the UK. So I guess it's partly put me in a bit of a good mood today, which is good. Um, So in my last podcast, I spoke about potentially recording um, an episode uh, partly on a bit of a controversial subject. Um, I've since spoken to someone uh, on this matter and we've we've discussed a little bit um, and it's given me a bit more of an insight into, into the whole sort of the subject and if I want to talk about it. And it's still on the cards at the moment. I haven't dismissed it outright, but at the moment, I think I still need a bit of time to rethink about how I'm going to word a lot of it, um, just so it, it makes sense overall. And I'm not going to leave you guys thinking, you know, what the hell am I going on about, etc. So today's podcast is not going to be about that. Instead, it's going to be about something which has been, I wouldn't say dominating my thoughts as of late, but something which I've definitely noticed um, quite strongly as opposed to past times um, this year that I don't feel I've had something as dominant in terms of my thinking as as I've had recently. And that is to do with dreams. Now, what I'm going to do, I've had three-ish full, full-on dreams um, in the last week, probably in the last week, yeah. And I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to explain to you, I'm going to go through what those dreams were, because even now, I know that dreams normally, you, you kind of, if you do remember them come the morning, you only remember them for a short amount of time because they're not really, you know, that important to your life. Um, and, but, but I can remember these vividly even now. And, you know, it, 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 I suppose that's why they've had such an impact on me is, you know, it's because of that reason. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through what those dreams were and try and analyse what those dreams reflect, you know, um, my, on my current state, you know, that, be, that being, you know, physical or mental, current issues going on in my life. So, but, but before I, I begin with those explanations, what, you know, there are certain theories as about what dreams are. So I think the most common one on a, on a scientific note is that dreams are random firings of neurons in our brain, which are literally bits and bobs of information which we've collected, you know, in, in our current day-to-day lives, just been stored in our short-term memory. And, you know, they're just, 
it's a bit like a, a cache on a computer, an information cache, where you know it just stores up and gets clogged up with random information or bits and bobs. And whenever you sort of turn your computer off or purge, you know, your computer drives, you know, it clears that and just makes it all new and fresh again. I suppose in a way that's what our, our brains are like. You know, we we store up all this information, and the only way we can purge that to make more room in our in our subconscious memory banks is you know to um is to construct these these random bits of information to put them into some sort of sense whether that's abstract or not and just be done with it until the next time around when we wake up and relive our lives but there's there's always there's also been other theories as to better what they are you know um whether they're i know that in some ways you know people look at dreams as being more spiritual and having those those moments where they you know dreams talk to you and you know can relay information about things and give you sort of guidance and i suppose in a way I can understand that. There's no right or wrong answer to that. It's just how we interpret and understand dreams and what we make of them. And I'm going to leave that there just for a moment because I will come back to that later on once I've I've explained what my dreams are that I've had. Now, they are pretty abstract. So... No laughing, even you at the back, because even trying to explain these is just going to sound incredibly odd and weird and just not your usual kind of thing. It's just it's just random mixtures of information. So without further ado, let's crack on. So the first dream I remember having, and I think I had two in the same night I was with a group of friends who these people are I don't quite know but we were in this housing complex like a block of flats um, whether or not they were block of flats or office old office but I don't know um, but we were in these these this sort of complex and it was sort of shaped in, in like a C shape but two different buildings so each one was like an L L shape and it was in the middle there was this um, little greenery courtyard garden section and we were participating in this game of sorts I, I think it must have been with another team and we were you know trying to shoot each other and, you know, a bit like one of these like, modern warfare Call of Duty kind of games on these all special levels you get to do, you know, not part of the actual game itself. Um, and after, we must have been going on for some time because, you know, you just get that feeling. You don't have to sort of relive those bits and those dreams, but you just get the feeling that this game's been going on for a while. And then suddenly, out of, nowhere dinosaurs arrived um specifically velociraptors because 
ultimate nightmare for you know any situation to have floss ruptures around and we were panicking we had to get out of this this, this complex to you know to get safe to get safe to be safe and so we sort of banded together we were making our way down the this the one of these buildings and by the time we sort of reached the bottom, that, that garden courtyard section, you know, in between the two buildings, had become filled with Lego. I mean, not just like, or on the floor, you know, just or sort of waist height. This was pretty high, you know, not high enough that you could, you know, you'd have to wade and sort of swim yourself through. And so we entered it really, really um, quietly and carefully, not to make too much noise. And we were wading our way through, and he, we wasn't making that much progress origin, um, at the start. And then I remember in this dream looking over, and this Velociraptor had appeared and it had struck this this other player, you know, this other person, whoever I was with, and started going on, you know, to do normal Velociraptor things as, you know, eating them and such and such. And I remember looking back to someone behind me and saying, okay, bury yourself in this Lego and we'll swim our, our way through safety. And I remember sort of sinking myself into it and sort of finding my way through. And that's the, the last thing I remember of this part of the dream. Whether or not I escaped, I have no idea. Hopefully I did. Otherwise, I might not be here talking to you now. But as abstract as that is, there's I, I do remember seeing on TV uh, this this cult classic film um, that's set in the Cold War in in um, Eastern Germany, Eastern Berlin, East Berlin. And obviously, if you, if you've a bit of a caught up with history. You know that side of um, that side of the city uh, and the country itself was was heavily bombed in the war, and everything was derelict. And even now, um, because I, I've been to Berlin, there are certain places that still actually look like that. And I, I can only imagine for some sort of short term information gathering that I, I've picked up and just sort of stored that and put that into this this setting. However, with the rest of it, I can't quite explain why, you know, I was, we was in this contest, contest uh, with other players, why Lego appeared and why dinosaurs sort of appeared. But I've got my own theories on this. And I, I suppose this leads back to my current situations. You know, I've just, my, my brain has interpreted them I can't even talk today, interpreted them into these these images um, and ways just of ways of just me comprehending what they are. So in terms of me in this context against others, it's competition. It's trying to come out on top. And I think that actually might relate to 
my ways of thinking with my personal uh what's the word I'm thinking of wants I guess to be victorious possibly over myself over my my ways of thinking of fitting in not feeling not feeling myself uh, or feeling comfortable in myself because of this whole uh, shoes and clothing and sort of identity image side of things so I'm always in this constant battle with myself of trying to feel comfortable and fit in and just take things in my stride and feeling guilty and uh, uncomfortable and there's a you know it's, it's a whole mixture of this battle that goes on with me which I've mentioned in in previous podcasts so maybe this competition I was having was was against two sides of myself and you know the the, the, the people I was with possibly contrib- contributed no no I was getting the word I'm thinking of there um, constituted there we go constituted as the bits of my personality on either side of my person um and that's that, in a way that actually makes sense to me because I do struggle with myself day in day out of feeling just okay with myself you know I'm always having this this inward battle and perhaps this just just represents itself in this context in this setting of of why just in you know short term short term memory of where I was. Now, in terms of the Lego, why that came about, I don't know. I don't believe I'd even thought about Lego, you know, in, in leading up to that, unless I did post something on Instagram, actually, a little while back, which had Lego in it, which perhaps I'd scrolled through and saw uh, earlier that day, and that, that bit of information had just sort of stored itself in, in my head to be used in this context. But in a more theoretical sense, maybe that Lego and that wading through it and being slowed down by it or escaping was actually my interpretation of life. That, you know, I haven't... I feel that life and opinions and viewpoints from other people weigh me down they slow me down in, in progressing you know it, just with myself you know it's, it, I, I do wish that ultimately I'd be more uh, advanced in terms of mental understanding and mental comfortableness uh, than where I am now you know I feel like a lot of my inner issues of, of caused me to be held back in life a little bit, you know, and um, perhaps that, the Lego, in terms of this, this sea of, of um, obstructions, I guess, that just get in, get in the way of me progressing and in a dream finding safety and getting out of this complex, perhaps just represented as, you know, just getting out of out of difficulty of my current life into safety, and that safety being a life of 
just being comfortable. And with, in terms of Velociraptors, I suppose, you know, um, if you listen to my very first uh, episode one podcast, you know, as a kid, I, I, I loved dinosaurs. You know, it was part of my typical boy kind of thing, but, you know, I'm not saying that only boys can enjoy dinosaurs, but I I did. It was my escapism from life. You know, I didn't want to go to school and, you know, do stuff because I just wanted to do dinosaur stuff. And if, I, I suppose that love of just dinosaurs doesn't really leave you. You know, you just you just sort of adapt your life to work around that. You know, it's just one of those those interests you just have in the background. But if you look at, if if anyone's seen Jurassic Park or or similar things, you know, Velociraptors are very menacing, they're dangerous, they're hostile, unpredictable, you know, and perhaps that image of, of, of of a Velociraptor is just, Materialize as a, as a as a meaning of hostility from people around me, in terms of them not understanding me, um, what I go through, because there have been times in the past where I've tried to talk to people and get help because you know I I try to express myself to different people. And find that sort of common ground with people where, you know, friendships would still be around and I could depend on them to help me out. But some people took things the wrong way. Especially, you know, there have been times where I spoke to um, one person uh, who I've definitely been friends with for a long time. But her boyfriend at the time didn't take kindly to my talking to her on this subject, even though there was no negative intentions on my part you know it was just one of those things misunderstandings and things did get quite hostile for a while and that definitely played a, a big part on my mental sort of paranoia you know I didn't I couldn't go out of the house for a long you know quite a while because I thought ah, oh, if I, as soon as I leave the house I'm going to get spotted by this person we're just going to end up sort of you know in that sort of fisticuff kind of moments and you think oh, I don't want to deal with that so I stay inside and just things like that play on your mind because you think every, every twist and turn and road you go down there's going to be some sort of physical violence against you and physical you know or just mental violence against you and even now I feel that people just are very quick to take things the wrong way and you know, don't take time to listen and try and understand. I mean, granted, not all people um, have true intentions. There's a lot of deceiving that goes on. And yeah, I, I granted, yeah, I understand that. And which probably just makes my case a lot more difficult because I generally am just trying to feel comfortable with myself and try and understand things and, you know, just have a bit of help bit of support along the way but again not everyone's going to be on your side that's the say you know I have to deal with and other people will have to just take on board as well and it's 
I don't know. It's just one of those things that, you know, just every now and then you just need that, that moment of wake up call and just realize, oh, okay, yeah, fine. I needed that remembrance to say that, you know, not everyone's just going to be in your corner all the time. And, you know, as, as shit as that sounds, you know, it's it just reality as well, which, you know, you do need to sort of come back to every now and then just to ground yourself. So that was the first dream I've had. Those abstract parts, I feel that I've been, I, I can relate to in my own interpretations. Whether or not I, that's correct or I'm thinking too much into that, I don't know. But as I said earlier on, you know, people see things in a sort of a spiritual or understanding kind of way. I can probably definitely understand that a lot more than it still being on a scientific point of view. And you know, ultimately, I'm more scientific minded than I am spiritual or or sort of believing things. But that's not to say I don't believe in things. I just, I my mind just can't focus on one thing in particular. You know, I like, I like the uneven playing field. So perhaps, you know, my way of thinking does incorporate a lot of sort of spiritual and philosophy and scientific thinking in there as well. You know, it's just a mixture of everything. You know, I like to have uh, my finger in a pie for all sorts of different sorts of conversations, perhaps. So that's that's it on my first dream. I remember having sort of a semi-dream, whether or not there more came to this or not, I don't know. But I remember being in my um, family's garage and growing up, we've all, we always had this spider in the back uh, and we called him Boris. He was big, he was black, he was not like a Daddy Longlegs, he was like a big bastard of a spider. And he never seemed to die. So we always assumed that, you know, he either shredded skin or gave birth to kids and they replaced him. So we'll have like Boris, the, I think we got up to like the 18th at one point. Um, but then we had the, the, um, the, roof replaced and we think we killed him accidentally sorry Boris but this spider has always been sort of a, a, this representation of the, of the garage you know you go in there you think oh okay I'm going to say hi to Boris is Boris going to be around today you know and, you know it's just one of those little things you just kind of associate with when you have something going in the garage and but in my dream this if it was Boris, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to him as Boris just to make things easier. Boris was a lot bigger in this dream than in reality. You know, he was like the size of my foot, you know, in this dream. But he wasn't that organic, roundy shape like spiders are. He was more square and like the old, old, um, if, you, if you're old enough to, uh, to remember the old N64 games, everything was more sort of blocked, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, characters. There, there was no sort of smooth parts to people. And that's sort of how I met, uh, sort of must have visualised um, this, this spider, this Boris. And I don't remember much of the dream apart from that, but I remember that 
sort of just seeing him hanging in the back of the, um, you know, in the back of the garage, you know, in his little web sort of part. And why I had thought of that, I don't know. But then if you look at it in the sense of most people hate spiders, why? Because they're different. They're, you know, they're just unnatural to some degree. I don't think that. I just think it's just one of those things, you know, I have no beef with spiders. But people fear them. And as as gloomy and as negative as this might actually sound, for some reason, I, I feel that uh, part of my thinking has, has been taken back to when... Uh, back in sort of the March, April time when I wanted to end my life. And not, not, that's not to say, don't, don't panic, that's not to say that I'm thinking of doing that now, but part of me has fought back to that moment and tried to, for whatever reason, maybe I tried to understand it more or it's my way of, my mental way of going about because it's winter time, my, my mood, does turn rubbish, you know, around this time of year. So it just could be sort of just a, an odd correlation, an odd, you know, um, coincidence. But I've forgotten where I'm going with this now. Um, spider. Yeah, people just hate spiders. It's, it's backtracks. I completely lost my train of thought now. Uh, oh, because people are fearful. Um, so people, yeah, so people, because people are just generally fearful of, of spiders. Perhaps I've associated that, that fear of some degree with death. Because, you know, you end, end your life, you know, that's it. You know, there's no turning back. You know, it's just an ultimate decision you make. And of course, it's a shit scary situation to be in, you know, and people were just naturally fearful. And perhaps, you know, I, I've definitely been fearful of life um, to a degree in the last couple of years, maybe, you know, especially when it comes to um, drinking. If, if you've listened to my episode two, my alcohol um, episode. I do speak about times when it, you know things get really negative. I just, I naturally some sort of trigger happens in my brain where I just think, oh, I just want to drink and end things and don't deal with the, the you know, the the bad stuff that happens. It's that quick escape because I, I just mentally can't deal with. I don't think I can deal with so much negativity. You know, it's just my body and my brain are just shut down and just don't want to deal with it. So perhaps it's that, that, that feeling of fear, you know, when there's something negative happens in life, you just want to end things, but you're fearful of doing that as well because of, you know, just the, the severity of it and what you, you, you can't bring back and what hurt you're going to do to other people. But then those people just don't understand. 
you know, the sort of the life and the pain you go through every day. And, you know, I feel that perhaps in some weird way that's related back to the spider because people, I feel, don't understand the spider much. So they just look at it and think, oh, it's different. I don't like that because, I don't know, it's got a bulbous back. It's got eight eyes. Does that have eight eyes? Ten eyes? It's got loads of eyes. And, you know, eight legs. And people just think, oh, it's natural because natural things have just got to have two arms, two legs, one head, two eyes, you know, not have claws that help you ingest food into your mouth. And I think spiders just get a lot of lot of digs because they're a bit different. And ultimately, yes, I think I feel that I'm different. I don't even know a lot of what makes me up can be um, seen in other people as well. You know, such as a interest, for example, a lot of that is seen in other people. But whether or not they've dealt, dealt with it in better ways than I have, that's that's in that's in the uh, individual preference and individual um, constructions, I guess, mentally. But I have always struggled with it to accept it and to just think of myself as, in quotes, normal. And I suppose in a way that I, you know, I just get looked at, perhaps this is my own paranoia talking a bit, a bit here, but I feel that I've always been looked at weirdly and a bit negatively and in a bit, you know, cautiously. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but just throwing words out there now. I just, you know, I just feel that in a way, Perhaps I just relate to that spider and just being not, you know, not feeling accepted. Um, there's not much more I can say about that, I don't think. If I, if I do think of anything else, I'll, I'll bring it up again. Uh, but the third dream that I had that, that night, uh, there is a fourth dream, but I might need to, it depends on time, I might need to put it in a different um, recording. But my third dream um, is, again, is a bit abstract. And I, this relates to what I was just talking about with the spider and about being fearful about things and about what you're leaving behind. Um, and it is a bit doom and gloom. And it's, it's a lot more depressive than the other ones. But, again, I was in this derelict, building I know it had, I know it had two floors and it was quite a long building what it was I don't know uh, maybe that's just some sort of weird construction I've put together in my head but I, I was with someone I know it was a female who it was I don't know I can vaguely recollect sort of the the um the features of this person but I part of me feels like I could be making that up because of you know that's it's, what the mind does for things after events, you know, it just gets a bit confused. But what I do remember is going around this this derelict abandoned building, and every now and then in certain rooms, with me and this person would find a body. Now this body wouldn't be alive; of it would be dead, and it would be dismembered which is really 
graphic. And I won't go in more detail on that because I don't think that's appropriate. But, you know, it was starting to worry us because we, we didn't know where he was. And every time we went somewhere, we'd just find another body. And for how long that went on, I don't know. But I remember being up on the second floor and they're sort of floating, doing the usual omnipotent thing was the Grim Reaper or or death or whatever you want to associate him with. And in some weird way, I feel that links back to this whole idea of death and my thinking has been on the mind on my mind about sort of back in March, April time. You know, death has just been on on the front, front, forefront of my mind, and dealing with things and death being just the answer to you know to my quick end to negativities. Um, again, I'm not saying that's I'm going down that road, so don't don't panic. But. You know, maybe that's just a, a, a the whole that whole image of that dream was just because of death has been on the mind a lot. You know, it, it's just there to graphically and sort of you know almost like punch me in the face and tell me that if I did take that road, that's that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to be a dead body. I'm not going to be around anymore. Why I'm dismembered, I don't know. Um, but maybe that's just my mind getting overdrive by that point. But, you know, death was just being one of those full-on symbolic symbols of just, that's what awaits you. You know, he's just, you know, when, you, when your time comes, he's just going to come collect you or whatever. And I feel that that was a massive punch to my face and tell me that, you know, this is where my current thinking has led to, this moment, this understanding, or trying to understanding. And, it, yeah, I remember, I remember being actually in bed, dreaming this. You know, I, I, was, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I knew I was dreaming, but I knew I, I was living in this sort of dream reality as well. And I could feel myself in bed whilst I was also dreaming. And I could feel my heart racing. I could feel my body getting hot. You know, I was, in some ways I was panicking because who wouldn't in that situation? And it's one of those dreams where, you, you know, you're fighting yourself to try and wake up, but you can't ultimately wake yourself up, even though you're half awake and sort of aware of things around you. But ultimately, I didn't wake up in this massive shock, you know, cold sweats, nothing like that. I did just generally wake up. Why at that moment in time, or in that manner, I don't know. But I just woke up and I sort of quickly calmed myself and realised, yeah, okay, it was a dream. I knew that anyway. why, uh, again, I don't know, because sometimes in dreams, you know, you can't, you, sometimes you just know they're dreams, but you have to play them out. But 
I don't know how I played this one out. I just kind of knew I was sort of flipping between the two and I could feel both realities, if that makes any sense. I'm sure some listener of this can relate maybe in their own way somehow. But it was, um, yeah, it was quite quite a graphic moment. It was just one of those sort of slap in the face and said to tell me, okay, this is where your current thinking was. And, um, yeah, it, it has been a wake-up call. You know, it's just one of those things that I feel that I needed just to say, okay, if you do go down your current thinking of wanting to drink and when negative stuff happens and when you don't feel, you know, you're worthy of life because, you know, you just can't deal with things the same as other people can, you know, you just want to end it. And that's ultimately, that's what's going to be. You're just going to be a body and you're going to be gone from people and people are going to suffer from that. But again, I feel that people can't understand the, the dealings you go through, you know, and I feel like that links back to an, uh, an earlier recording I did about um, expectations from people, even like things from parents, and they just want you to get a good job, do this, do that, and you think, that's great, but mentally, if you're not prepared to do that, they can't understand that, because they've come from a different generation, where that sort of thing wasn't, not accepted, but just wasn't acknowledged as much. And I remember seeing a film on TV, I actually can't remember what it was called now, um, but there was some being it which not struck a nerve, but it just I picked up my attention. And what it was, um I'm not sure if part of this was is was fictional or was partly based on um historical events. I think it was more fictional than not. Cause I don't recall from my my geekiness of uh, of history something like this happening. But um, this ship uh, was docked in Cuba uh, right before the war and under the German law at the time, you know, he wanted all Jews to sort of come back uh, and not be allowed into places around the world for safety. And we all know sort of what happened with, with Jewish people in the war. So, these people ultimately knew what was going to be happening to them once they returned to Germany. And this one man who's sort of fighting this inner conflict about being around Germans and other Jews who were neglecting these, this idea of what might happen to them, he ended up having this sort of mini breakdown uh, in front of his wife in, in their cabin. And she just said to their daughter, who happened to be around at the time, Oh, don't worry about your father. He's just um, he's just sort of falling in on himself, and you know he'll be fine again. You know, a little bit. Let him just sort of calm down and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, it struck something with me because even though this was made after the war, I think it was made in the seventies. It's depicting a nineteen thirties mindset mentality, and. You know, they look at that sort of mental illness, that sort of depression, as, oh, we know, it's only temporary. It'll be fine in a minute. It'll be back to normal. And you think, 
No, that's, that's not actually what mental illness is. It's not just a, a sort of a switch on and off, you know, issue that, you know, just can be ignored and accepted whenever someone wants. You know, things linger, things do affect your mind. You know, people just can't be strong all their life. And I feel that with so much that has happened to me and what I've explained in previous podcasts is that I don't feel that I'm strong mentally in the sense that my, you know, in the sense of older generations and what, what they went through. Perhaps in different ways I am, but in the ways of just going about life and not accepting things and not just dealing with things. I'm, I'm not strong like that, you know, things do bother me. You know, and uh, it's, it just sort of, I suppose it just goes back to that thing of parents don't always understand what you go through because they've had to just knuckle down and get on with things and uh, not take any sort of precedence in, prevalence, prevalence in mental illness because it just, their life just rolled around family and jobs and money and yeah it's sad in that way because you know I said in other podcasts you know look at my dad and he's worked his ass off uh, throughout his life and he's done really long hours and I've seen the effect it's had on him you know it's um you know I know it's been worth it to some degree because he's now got a, a, a pension and he's got money to live on and he can you know now he's retired he can live his life in a bit of luxury, which is nice, you know, and he's, he definitely deserves that. But at the same time, it, it, it definitely has had its impact. And in a way, I can see that effect on me. Yet my dad has not dealt with it and not and probably, yeah, I suppose dealt with it in the same way that I'm trying to understand myself. You know, and um, yeah, it, it's... um. It's heartbreaking in a way because, you know, he's he's just revolved his life around work and money and not sort of paid any attention to himself. And, you know, it's, um again, again, he, he, he'd come from that generation from his grandparents who didn't really believe in mental illness, didn't look at, you know, changes in the mind and you know they looked at him was just you know oh we've got a bit crazy send him, send him to the funny farm and that was it they didn't take any any time to actually explore this and try and help people and you know that sort of mentality is still in sort of my parents thinking from their parents you know and it, it just grinds me down when they they constantly go on about oh just get a job get some money, and you think, oh, leave me alone, and, you know, my mind is racing at about a billion miles an hour, you know, you blabbering on about things like that is not helping me concentrate on things, you know, and it's, uh, I think, st- even, you know, things are getting better, but my nerves are still frayed as anything, at the minute, they're sort of just worn themselves out, they're, they're getting there slowly, I think talking via this definitely helps as well, but, you know, it, it does take time, but it does, you know, as all things, it takes time to heal. But people are impatient. They don't want to understand things like that. They just know what they know and 
can't change their their way of thinking to understand and you know that's that's where a lot of issues come from and I think that's where all that sort of build up sometimes and perhaps that build up is what led me to that, that way of thinking and it just represented itself in in those ways in my dreams and yeah it's just I can again I can only perhaps my sort of chemical levels were a bit imbalanced I haven't changed my routine as such you know I've during the time of these dreams I, I was falling into a very 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 heavy sleep and I kind of knew I was and I was falling into them very easily but whether or not I must have been like a chemical imbalance in my body maybe but that in terms of my actual routine that hasn't changed so you know perhaps it's a bit of a a scientific and a spiritual meaning behind this as well you know to to give me this bit of insight into you know my way of thinking uh right I've, I've got about 15 minutes left of this recording before um it kind of tells me that i'm out of time but i've got one more dream which i want to talk about but i don't think i'm gonna have time to waffle on about it in this recording so i'm gonna end this one here um and i'll record the other dream in uh, in a part two video to this uh, video recording to this get ahead of myself there so, again, as always, if you have any comments and uh, want to let me know of your own dreams, your own understanding of them, please just let me let me know, get in touch. I've been able to reach a few more people with this uh, lately, so hopefully uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to sort of share more experiences and more understandings from people. Uh, so, again, if you've got my number, please just message me and, you know, try and discuss things because again this is just to help um other people out and not only just myself any understanding any help goes a long way for anyone so i will leave this one here and i will see you in part two